We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. Twenty minutes a day, three hundred sixty-five days a year. This is the Pack a Day Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of a Pack-A-Day podcast, wherever you may be and however you may be listening. Thank you so much for making us part of your day. And guys, it's Wednesday already, and we already got a game tomorrow. Thursday night football for the Packers this week. Really short week. Always nice, though, when you can have Thursday night football at home and not travel for it. And... Um, Pretty formidable opponent coming in again this week to Lambeau. The Eagles tomorrow night, Green Bay opening as a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. So, you know, not a large favorite, but based on what we've seen so far this year from both teams, seems about right. Um, But nonetheless, uh, welcome back, and I'm welcoming in Maggie and Jacob. And Jacob, you were not with us last week. Um, because uh, you are a father for the first time, not the second time, like I incorrectly <laughs> stated last week. I don't know why. I, I think, Jacob, the only explanation I could think as to why I thought you already had a kid is because if you follow Jacob on Twitter, and if you don't, <laughs> shame on you and go do it, uh, you will notice that Jacob tweets a lot about his sons that play for the Packers that aren't actually his kids, biologically <laughs> anyway. Uh, that can be the only reason as to why I thought, for whatever reason, this was your second child. But it is not. It is your first. And 
first of all, from all of us here at Packaday Podcast, uh, congratulations. Uh, that's very exciting. And tell us, what's, what's it like being a dad? A lot of fun. It's a lot of sleepless nights, but um, far and away the most rewarding thing I've ever done. Uh, the way that one of my friend's moms explained it to me, she said, congratulations. Now you know how it feels for your heart to beat outside of your chest. And that's exactly uh, how I feel right now. So um, it's rewarding. It's tiring. Uh, it's, it's a lot of work. Thankfully, my wife is a champ and she's been phenomenal since the start of this pregnancy. So that wasn't at all surprising, but uh, she was great through the entire process. And actually Nick to transition a little bit, it's kind of a funny story. So um, in the hospital, <laughs> we were talking about, how we had two other kids. I don't know how the subject came up with the nurse, but Frankie made some joke along the lines of, Oh yeah, with our two other kids. And the nurse goes, Oh, what are their names? I said, Joshua and Rayshon. <laughs> and she goes, wow, Rayshon, that one kind of came out of nowhere. But, um, which I mean, it, it just kind of flowed naturally. So I probably do no justice to that story, but I was able to claim Josh Jackson and Rashawn Gary in the hospital as well as my children. So, uh, that was a lot of fun. And so was, uh, watching my son notch his first career fumble recovery and his first career sack on Sunday. So being said, it's good to be back. It's good to be uh, podcasting about a three and O football team. Uh, somebody last year, Nick, I think you and I were together at this time. They were one, one and one on the year. And really we had no idea what way this team's arrow was pointing. Now it's very definitively pointing up. So it's a lot of fun, a lot of good things. I have zero complaints outside of maybe lack of sleep, but even that, absolutely worth it. Well, hey, once again, congratulations. That's awesome. We're so happy for you. And I, I have to say, as a little aside, I'm sorry about Saturday. I did not expect a 35-14 to 14 beat down in Madison, but I'm going to take it. Um, Don't know what you're talking about. Never <laughs> happened. Didn't watch it. I haven't seen it. It's new to me. And, uh, well, Maggie, I, you're a season ticket holder. Were you at the game on Sunday against the Broncos? No, that was the gold package game. So I got to come home and uh, rest my voice, which still is not all the way back. So I think at this point I'm just going to be hoarse forever. <laughs> well, are, well, are you going to be there tomorrow night for the Eagles game? No, I have a big work meeting on Friday, which I know is super lame. But Well, got to do what you got to do. And, well... Well, you know, okay. Well, that didn't that didn't springboard as well as I thought it might. <laughs> but uh, uh, anyway, so well, okay. Well, let's focus quickly here then on the Broncos game. So, Jacob, you mentioned the Packers are three and zero. And by the way, I just want to point this out. I saw this earlier earlier this week, and I thought it was really interesting. There are, I believe, seven new head coaches in the NFL this year. If you exclude Matt Lafleur from that coaching higher from this season new head coaches right now are a combined two eighteen and one Matt LaFleur is three and oh so now granted I will say Matt LaFleur probably of the new coaches took over the best situation of all the teams but nonetheless 
as Maggie, I know you've seen. Jacob, I'm sure you're aware. And most of you, if you're on Twitter, you probably know this. Matt LaFleur is the first rookie Packers head coach since Vince Lombardi to start 3-0. and So there's only two rookie coaches to ever start their tenure in Green Bay, 3-0. and Vince Lombardi and now Matt LaFleur. And that's not to say that Matt LaFleur is going to be Vince Lombardi. There's a long way to go before we can even have that conversation. But still... Cool and good to know, nonetheless, that he's got some pretty great company right now, sitting here 3-0, and going into week four, looking for 4-0. and But, Maggie, I want to start with you. So just some general takeaways from Sunday's game against the Broncos. I know when I watched it, there was a couple of things I noticed, and I feel like the, the first thing I picked up on is I feel like Matt LaFleur is really of the mindset of starting fast. This is two weeks in a row they've chosen to take the ball to start the game, and both weeks now, two weeks in a row, they've scored touchdowns on their very first drives, get that lead out to a fast start. And the other thing that I noticed, and I, I know we're going to talk about this a little bit, and it's not – right now I'm not sure it's much of an issue. Again, this is just more something to keep an eye on. Two weeks in a row the Packers haven't looked that great against the run defensively. Uh, not to say that it's going to carry over, but just maybe something to keep an eye on. Maggie, what were your takeaways from Sunday's game against the Broncos? So in the first quarter, I tweeted that the Packers had a suffocating defense, and I got so much harassment for that because apparently eight takeaways through three games allowing 16 points, um, six sacks, three takeaways against the Broncos. You know, I'm sorry that the other team gets paid and scores occasionally. points, Maggie. Like – Get over it. Get out of my mentions, for one thing. People tweeting me saying this did not age well can just go, like, I don't go somewhere. That's not my Twitter. Because this defense looks good. They have a bend-don't-break mentality right now. And like you said, you know, the Packers are starting hot on offense. And I think a lot of that maybe has to do with the scripting of the first uh, couple series. You know, they're finding a rhythm on offense. Uh, Maybe, you know, when they go um, unscripted on those, Uh, later drives and once the defense starts making adjustments it's kind of hard for the team to to catch up but I did say again on Twitter sorry um that I wanted to see the team put together a long drive in the fourth quarter to close out a game and they were able to do that on Sunday against the Broncos so there are things to like about this offense I do think that they will find their feet And the defense is still closing out games. So once the Packers jump out to a lead, they never give it back. And that's something that's really exciting about this Packers team, despite giving up 16 whole points. Well, and you know, if you do the math, they're only giving up on average, like, I think it's just under 12 points a game, which I mean is absurd. And the other question I guess I would have then for those people saying that your tweet did not age well is, are you seriously asking for the Packers defense of the last five, six years? Because um, I, I, I like the players from the team, but defensively as a whole, this is one of the best defenses we've seen in a very long time. So you can't have the number one ranked offense and the number one ranked defense and the number one ranked special teams. Like it's, it, they're going to give up some points. It's, it's just going to happen. So I don't know where people are coming at with that, but I would much rather have this current defense than the ones that we've had of the last couple of years. So Jacob, 
working on very little sleep from this weekend, what did you see Sunday from from the Packers-Broncos game? Uh, Much of the same of, you know, what Maggie just said and what we've seen all season long is this is a team now and for this time being is led by their defense. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers smiled after the first game and said, we've got a defense. And right now that's the call card for what this team is because that's the defense that leads the way. Uh, They do everything Uh, when it comes down to it. If you have more confidence, like uh, Nick, you've said something similar with your like three tweets in the last six years that you had (laughs) total. And that is that you trust the Packers defense more than the offense. So I assume what you mean by that is that if you have to pick one, get a stop Packers defense gets a stop or Aaron Rodgers leads the team down the field to score a touchdown. You're more confident at this point, the pack that the Packers will make a stop than they will score a touchdown. And I think that that would be completely fair if that is your assessment. And I think that at this point, it's really hard. I mean, it's hard to be confident in the offense because, I mean, quite frankly, I know that the optimistic side, there's two ways to look at this. The optimistic view is, oh, they scored 27 points against Vic Fangio's defense. Cool. Um, 14 of those points came off of turnovers where they started with the ball inside Denver's 30-yard line. They didn't really have to move the ball to score that touchdown, and they did score a touchdown on a free play. Granted, it all counts the same, and ultimately, as a fan, I don't care how they win. I'd rather them be 3-0 and than 1-1-1, and which is where they were a season ago. They've won those games, but at the end of the day, there's some truth to the idea that eventually this offense is going to, and Aaron Rodgers has said it, Matt LaFleur said it, the backers aren't hiding from this back. The offense is going to have to pull its own weight at some point during the season. Because if you look at the schedule and one game that I have circled on my calendar as the measuring stick game, if you will, is October 27th when they play the Kansas city chiefs at Arrowhead stadium. And Aggie, I, I don't look forward to your mentions that day. You mentioned your tweet about suffocating defense. I'm going to give you guys a newsflash. Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the NFL. I don't know how close it is. They're going to score points against the Packers. I'm not saying they're going to drop 50 on them. I'm not saying they're going to even score 40. But if you tell me, oh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs win, you know, 31 to 20 or something like that, won't be surprised at all. Their offense is legitimately terrifying, and they don't even have some of their best players on the field at this point. So there's a lot that needs to be gleaned from this team yet. Uh, but ultimately what it starts with is the offense. And I've heard the same stuff now for almost a year out of the quarterback's mouth. I've got to play better. We have to play better. We have to do more on offense, blah, 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 all those things. Quite frankly, I'm tired of hearing those words. Uh, and I know that there's reasons. I know there's context to those, and we can talk about those if you'd like. But at some point, need to have some consistency. Now, I'm willing to be patient because I know it is a new offense. I know some of the receivers are inexperienced, all that stuff. That's your context that you want. But – I would like to see the offense. They really only have two modes that I've seen so far this season. It's where they mow down the field and score a touchdown with relative ease and where they look like a third-grade offense trying to run a shotgun system, if you will. I mean, it's just it's not pretty. So I would like to see at least something, some form of consistency uh, and a few players to emerge on that side of the ball. But ultimately, they won, and that is what matters because you don't get style points in this league. You just get wins and losses. Well, and you're you're not wrong about that, and you know I think that's something that at this point many Packer fans are probably in complete agreement with that. That 
the offense it's not looking consistent it's it has its moments and uh, there's some there's some splashes of brilliance and and wild plays and then there's some continued frustration with the level of play and the inconsistency but be patient you know the the point totals have gone up through three games every game they've scored more points than the last one which is always a good sign and uh you know Hopefully they, they get it figured out sooner rather than later because if they the sooner they get it figured out and be able to put it together with this defense, uh, the, the better it's going to equate for the rest of the year. But let's talk about now tomorrow night, Thursday night football. A um, couple of things, you know, we kind of talked about this, and um, I think it might be a slight misconception that there's this idea floating around, and I could be wrong. I looked. I, this is what I found when looking it up, doing the research. There's this misconception, at least that I bought into, that uh, Thursday night football was pretty much almost like a guaranteed victory for the home team. But home teams, according to the research I found, they're only 38 and 34 straight up. That's not including the spread. So it's about even. Uh, But when we talk about this game Thursday night, there's a lot to be said about how healthy Green Bay kind of seems right now and how banged up Philadelphia is. They've got more offensive injuries than they know what to do with. Uh, But a couple of interesting things of note is, aside from the injuries, this is by far, Carson Wentz, don't, don't kid yourself, Carson Wentz is by far the best quarterback that they'll have played so far this year. He is Far better than all three, Joe Flacco, Kirk Cousins, and Mitch Trubisky. So that'll be interesting to see how the defense handles that. But, Jacob, kind of give me your initial thoughts of tomorrow night's game. What are you expecting to see as an overall whole from this game? We got a defense. <laughs> I know it feels like a cop-out answer, but, um, you know, I, I have mentioned several times I am – you know, Nick, you mentioned it, that Carson Wentz is the best quarterback they've played this season. That is far and away the truth. Uh, I love this Philadelphia Eagles roster. I love their coaching staff. Um, I think that they are – they were my pick to win the Super Bowl this season. Uh, obviously, they haven't gotten off to the start that they would have liked at this point, but I still think their roster is very talented. That being said, that talent on the roster doesn't matter if it's not on the field. So – if Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson don't play, now you're looking at Matt Collins and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside as young players that played receiver over the weekend. And for those that watch the Eagles, and I watch them relatively closely, my dad's an Eagles fan. I don't have a second favorite team, but if I did, it would probably be the Eagles. So I watch quite a bit of their games. And something that the Lions did uh, in the final drive of the game was they basically put two guys on Zach Ertz and said somebody else has to beat us, and they couldn't do it. I think that the Eagles are really struggling. As poor, in my opinion, of the Packers receiving core uh, through, what, three games this season is pretty poor outside of Devontae Adams. And I, I've often joked, the Packers have one and a half receivers right now. I think Devontae Adams is very good. I think that MBS is good enough uh, to at least warrant some game planning from the other. The rest of the guys are either really unproven or not good. One of the two, you can decide where they, those people fall in where they may. But I think that as poor and as low of an opinion as I have of that Packers receiving core, right now the Eagles receiving core is worse. And that's, I mean, Nelson Aguilar is a nice player, but if he's your best receiver, you have a bad receiving core right now. And I think that 
that is the case uh, when the Packers are on defense. And I, I, I'm intrigued by the matchup because Lane Johnson is a very good player. Jason Peters is a very good player. They're two offensive tackles against the Super Smith Brothers, which I freaking love that nickname. I played Super Smash Brothers for way too many hours and fried way too many brain cells doing that. But I am curious to see how that matchup goes. But something that also will be interesting is how Mike Patton deploys those guys on the interior. Because if there's a way to beat the Eagles on on their offensive line, it's on the interior. They have some guards that have struggled early in this season. So that is where... Darius Smith, when he came over, that's what he was sold as. This is a guy who beats guards. You get him matched up with guards and he beats the quarterback. Well, he's been good both inside and outside to start this season. So I'll be interested to see how many three pass rusher looks. Zadarius Preston and Rashawn Gary looks. He gives the Eagles. So that's kind of my start of what I think I'm looking forward to. Plus, I mean, I think the biggest thing, the Eagles are banged up. I didn't even mention, Maggie, I'll let you talk about this because I'm sure you will. <sighs> but I just mentioned their injuries on do- on offense, but the injuries on defense. So um, I'm sure you were going to bring that up. So I will let you do that. Yeah. I mean, one of my key matchups, I think going into Thursday was just Devonte Adams and the wide receiving core and how they'll fare against this Eagle secondary that, like you mentioned, is banged up. Uh, Ronald Darby was already ruled out for tomorrow's game. And, you know, he's, a good player when he's healthy. So that's a big loss for their secondary. Um, it's also a really good opportunity now for the Packers wide receivers, not named Devonte Adams to step up and kind of see what this offense can put together. Um, because right now the Eagles passing game or the passing defense is pretty suspect. They're 29th in the league. They're averaging 293 yards um, through the air per game. Um, and Aaron Rodgers has yet to throw that this season. So look at, uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling with his speed, maybe Geronimo Ellison. I don't believe Jake Kumro has been practicing. He maybe is limited. He might be able to play, but Darius Shepard might get some looks in the slot. There's plenty of opportunities against this banged-up Eagles team for this offense to get clicking. And I didn't even mention yet the tight ends. The tight end unit in Green Bay is struggling right now. I thought that maybe they would see a resurgence at the position with the Jimmy Graham touchdown week one, which, you know, it turns out Rogers thought he had a free play there anyway. So maybe he normally doesn't even throw that ball. Um, But I would like to see the tight ends get more looks against the Eagles. And I think this secondary gives them the opportunity to do that. I know that Rogers threw a couple balls to Robert Tanyan and they couldn't connect on that. He had a couple um, tosses to Mercedes Lewis, who took more snaps than Jimmy Graham, who is also injured but this tight end unit needs to get going. And when they do, I think that that will really be a compliment to this wide receiving core. And maybe Devonte Adams won't be triple teamed all the time. If uh, someone else can step up. Yeah. And you know, I, Maggie, I think you really touched on something there that um, when you look at this Packers team there, when you look at the roster as a whole, um, they've got a lot of young, good talent to the point where you, when you look at each position, you don't really say that they are bad at any position, except you, you might say that about the tight end position. It's probably the position of biggest concern right now. And, you know, Jimmy Graham, I, I don't know what the deal is. Aaron Rodgers said earlier this week that Jimmy Graham needs to be more involved in the offense. And I don't know if that means that Aaron Rodgers says that he needs to look his way more or if Jimmy Graham needs to start doing more to get open. I don't know what that means, but it's definitely something they brought him in and he definitely hasn't lived up to the reason they've brought him in for. 
Um, I know people have talked about his inability to block, but let's not like criticize him for that because we all know that the Packers didn't sign him to block people. Uh, and I know it's easy to be critical, especially going back to the Vikings game, that terrible whiff on Everson Griffin. But you should also be wondering why he was put in that position in the first place. Um, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But um, so the tight end group could really be very useful if they could get going. It's not like the talent necessarily is lacking there. It's just we haven't seen any of it produce anything. So I, I would I would tend to agree with you there, Maggie, that they've they've got they've got a great opportunity and a banged up Eagles team that on a short week traveling, um, you know, good opportunity for them. So I want to jump in quickly here, guys, before we get to our final thought, before uh, we wrap up here. Um, we kind of talked about some key matchups in this in this coming game tomorrow night. Uh, what are what is your X factor as far as the game is concerned for the Packers, um, Maggie? Where do you have an X factor lane in this game? Maybe it's low hanging fruit at this point. I don't really know. But the Eagles' defense currently ranks second in the league in rushing yards allowed per game with only 57. So to me, one of the biggest tests going into this game is going to be can the duo of Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams get going against a dominant pass rush. And so far, they've done a pretty good job. I mean, I thought that especially Jamal Williams had a really big game against the Broncos. So if he could continue that paired with Aaron Jones, getting some more carries and some more yardage on the ground, I know he had two touchdowns, but I think he also had like 19 yards total because they were in short yardage situations. Um, If that duo can get going, that will also do a lot to open up the passing lanes on offense. Um, Even if Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams get involved in like the screen game play action, uh, just some type of, progress from the running backs and I I think they have looked really well so far to start the season but the Eagles defense um, as far as rushing attempts is going to be a really big test for kind of the cohesion of the offense and 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 I mean Jacob run game it's something that Matt LaFleur said that he really wants to you know get going Um, they didn't run the ball particularly well as far as a yardage statistic goes Um, Two rushing touchdowns from Aaron Jones. Uh, what are you seeing as your X factor coming into tomorrow night's game? I gotta say, I gotta give credit. Jamal Williams is somebody who I've been hard on. I guess is the right word. But, uh, he might have had his best game as a Packer on Sunday. His he had two runs where he was just stopped in the pile and just pushed that thing forward for a first down, and then gave a ridiculous answer about how he feels like SpongeBob. <laughs> Anna Mermaid. Uh, after after playing in Anna Mermaid. So uh, Jamal Williams is, from my experience, too, uh, one of the funniest guys on the team, one of the most fun guys to – he's easy to root for. Uh, so I like to see him do well. But uh, that being said, as far as X-Factors go on something, I think that you know, Thursday night games are kind of wonky. I know you mentioned, Nick, the stats of how I thought it was more ridiculous than that about how – the home team typically wins on Thursday night football, but it turns out that's just a narrative. Uh, at one point it may have been worse than that, but it's evened out. Maybe as teams have gotten used to the idea of playing on Thursday nights. I don't know um, what it, when exactly that changed, but I do know at one point it very much was the home team wins on Thursday night football. Uh, but that, that hasn't been the case apparently, but I think it's one of those games where one thing 
you know, one big play or something like that. And against the Packers with the way their offense is played, that's, I mean, you've kind of seen it. They've made one or two big plays on offense each of their first three games. The bomb, the bomb to MVS is followed up by a touchdown to Jimmy Graham. And that essentially won the game for the Packers as far as their offense goes. Uh, then you have on uh, the second game of the season, they have that first quarter where they make a few big plays down the field. So maybe that's your anomaly, but, you know, then you've got the deep ball to MBS this week again. Maybe that's your common theme. I don't know. But um, I think that this is a game where you're looking at a tale of two coaching staffs. The Eagles, Doug Peterson uh, has to be creative with the way he's using his offense because of the injuries. And I'm, I've been very vocal on, on Twitter about how I feel about how this team is needing to operate and what they need to do moving forward. Because I think that, there was a lot of discussion and a lot of hope that Matt LaFleur would change everything about this offense and why it struggled. And that hasn't come to fruition yet, but I'm a big believer in that it, it doesn't matter what plays are called. It's players, not plays. Uh, but that being said, the coach can put certain players in better positions. That's what I'm getting at with Doug Peterson is maybe he doesn't have Alshon Jeffrey and Deshaun Jackson, but he can dial up. I mean, you guys saw it in the Super Bowl. The play came literally right at me. I'll, that is forever burned in my memory. But the Philly special where they run a halfback pass, halfback reverse tight at whatever you want to call it, but they run the Philly special and throw it to a quarterback. Something small like that could be the difference in a game on a Thursday night when teams are a little banged up, a little tired uh, from their early season struggles, early season tribulations, all those sorts of things. So I think Peterson matching up with Mike Patton, who they don't give out assistant coaches of the year award, but if they did, I think that Patton would be a front runner for that award. And I think getting his guys in the right position, getting his guys ready to play, getting his guys up to speed on some of these dudes like J.J. Arcega, Whiteside, and Matt Collins, because the other thing is it's, it's easier to game plan, even though they're harder players to play against. It's easier to game plan against guys like Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey because you know who they are. You don't really know a whole lot about these guys. So getting those guys up to speed, that's a matchup that I'm interested to see, like how that chess match works. Because as I mentioned, I think that if you asked me to do power rankings of head coaches, Bill Belichick would be number one, and I would rank Doug Peterson number two. I have that high of an opinion on him as a head coach. So seeing that chess match between those two guys, that's something I'm interested in looking to on Thursday night. Well, we don't have to wait too long to see what that chess match turns out to be. We don't have to wait too long to see if, you know, how these X factors play out, these matchups that we're looking at here as again, tomorrow night already, you got another football game. And I got to say, guys, I'm always torn with Thursday night football because I love that. I don't have to wait till Sunday to watch Packers game. But then Sunday comes around, and while there's other football on, there's no Packer game to watch. So it's always kind of uh, – I'm always a little divided there with that. But uh, nonetheless, should be an interesting game. Um, very quickly here, guys. Does Green Bay win? And if Green Bay wins, what does it mean for this team to be 4-0? Because I know we kind of talked about this. Maggie, I know you said you had the Packers at an optimistic 3-1 and through four games. I had the Packers at, surprise, surprise, a pessimistic, pessimistic, wow, easy for me to say, two and two. And, Jacob, I know you said before the show here you had them at a four and 
oh record, but it was mostly due to the idea that if they got past the Bears, there wasn't anything stopping them from winning their next three games. So, Jacob, let's start there. Does Green Bay get the win tomorrow night? And if they do, what does it mean for this team to be sitting at 4-0? Yes, they do. Uh, they do win on Thursday night because I have mentioned I, the Eagles are really banged up. I had them winning this game when I thought they were full strength. And I thought that because by now, excuse me, by the time the game kicks off on Thursday night, the Packers will have been at home for three straight weeks. The Eagles have traveled. That alone is an advantage. That's an advantage for the Packers. Now you add in the fact that the Eagles don't have any of their wide receivers, and this Green Bay defense is better than what I anticipated them to be. Yes, I do think they win. And I think that they win, I don't want to say comfortably, but you know I could see them winning by 10 points or something like that um, and kind of you know putting their stamp on. I don't know if the Packers will see this as a measuring stick kind of game. The Eagles have been one of the best teams in the NFC over the last two years. They won the Super Bowl two years ago. They were – and Alshon Jeffrey catch potentially away from playing in another NFC championship game. So that's a possibility that they look at it that way. But I think that what 4-0 means is there's going to be some tough stretches later in the season. Uh, there's going to be moments where you think that, oh, my goodness, Case Keenum may have just died on national television, guys. I'm sorry. But um, there's going to be moments where the Packers are playing on the road and – maybe not playing as well as they needed to be. So adding some equity early in the season. For example, 2015, the Packers made the playoffs. And when they made the playoffs, they started 6-0. and They finished 4-6 and down the stretch. And really, they were a Hail Mary away from being 3-7. and But they still made the playoffs despite not playing that well towards the end of the season because they were able to build up some of that equity. It's kind of like the... I know all of us are irresponsible adults, so we probably don't have savings accounts. But if you did, they always tell us, what do you need a savings account for? It's for a rainy day. If something bad happens, you have a little bit of money to cover yourself if you need it. And that's kind of what these wins are early in the season. And I think it builds up because after that, they have a stretch where they play Dallas. And then they get two more games. Detroit looks like they're not necessarily a gimme. Oakland, they should win that game. But then you're starting to go on that stretch where they play – Kansas City, Los Angeles, uh, the, the 49ers on the road. The Giants are on the road with Daniel Jones now. They looked pretty good yesterday. Just building up as much equity as you can to the point where if you can go into that last stretch of the season against Chicago, Minnesota on the road, and Detroit on the road, not having to win all three of those games, that's a positive. That's what this means if they win on Sunday night. doesn't mean they're going to the Super Bowl. It doesn't mean they're doing anything great, but – uh, I know that I think the stat is that 83% of teams that start the season four and I'll make the playoffs. So you got to like your odds there. All right, Maggie, does Green Bay get the win tomorrow night? And for you, what does it mean to be sitting here four and L? I think they do. And uh, something I wanted to mention too, I guess that would be another X factor is Aaron Rodgers after the Broncos game had said that that was probably the cleanest his Jersey had ever looked or really close to it. And the offensive line did a really good job keeping him upright and keeping him comfortable going into a short turnaround. So he said, normally your body's really banged up until like Wednesday and then you have to turn around and try and play a game on Thursday. So he said that already he felt really good and I kind of could see this Eagles game being 
the vintage Aaron Rodgers game. And I'm not saying that he'll throw for like five touchdowns and 500 yards or anything like that. But I think that he is unhappy enough with the way this offense is performing. And every week he says, you know, there's so much potential, but at some point potential has to turn into something. And I think against this Eagles team, that potential can actually turn into something. So if you take this Packers team at four and O, you know, they always talk about breaking up the season into quarters you're in the first quarter of the season and you've won four out of your four games. You're sitting at a perfect record. And then you have 10 days to rest before you go up against a Cowboys team who on Sunday has to travel to New Orleans to play Sunday night football against the Saints. So you have a lot of momentum now heading into an away game against a pretty good NFC team, someone you may meet again in the playoffs. So that momentum that you get from that first quarter of the season can really carry you. And you kind of get that invincible feeling when your defense is closing out games. And if this offense is clicking, it'll go a long way. And, you know, kind of like Jacob said, it does put you in a better position than to not feel like you're playing catch up. You're already sitting in a really nice spot through one quarter of the season at four. and You know, and, I I agree with both of you. I, I think being at home, banged up Eagles team, I, I think Green Bay gets the win. And, and, you know, as far as what it means for the Packers to be 4-0, oh, it's obviously, it's a, it's a great, it'd be a great feeling to be 4-0. Oh. It's, you know, they haven't been, it's been, it's been a few years since they've been sitting at 4-0. Oh, but uh, just, I just keep some perspective. I don't think this is going to happen. Shocker. I know you guys are so surprised that I'm going to be the Debbie Downer of the group here today. Um, just keep in mind, a couple years ago, the Vikings started off the season 5-0. and They finished the season 8-8. and That is the year the Packers had the run-the-table moment. So 4 and has got to feel really great. Hopefully they're sitting there. I don't think it's going to turn out like the Vikings season because the Packers are a much better franchise than that. Um, but, you know, what? one thing, though, that I was really noticing, and Maggie, you kind of touched on this, I, I was starting to notice some of the way the Packers have their schedule set up for the next couple of weeks really benefits them. So you started off the season Thursday night football, and you got a full week's worth of rest like you normally would from a Sunday to Sunday, just the preseason ending on a Thursday, you go Thursday to Thursday which every other team in the league got 10 days of rest for their first game, but you still weren't at a disadvantage necessarily because you still had your normal prep time. Then after the Bears game, you got 10 days to prep for a home game against a division rival in the Vikings. Then you had a normal week coming into the Broncos game. Now you've got a short week playing Philadelphia on Thursday night, but you get that game at home. And then, Maggie, you already touched on, they, they'll, after this game, they'll get 10 days to prepare for a huge game against Dallas, which is an advantage. And then after that game, they get another small advantage in the fact that they get an extra day to prepare at home for the Lions coming off of that big game playing on Monday night football. And then another kind of, you can look at it just team-wise, a kind of scheduling advantage from there is, on that short week after the Lions game, you get to stay at home and play a really underwhelming Raiders team. So it's not like any of their scheduling things that could be considered disadvantages. There's always seems there's right now with the way their schedule is looking, there's always some type of upside to the way it's been scheduled for them, which I think is really benefiting the Packers. I think it's part of the reason why they're sitting at three and zero, and I think it's why they could, through their first seven games, be six and one. 
That's a long ways off. Uh, you know, who knows? We're not going to count any chickens or eggs before they hatch. I don't know exactly how that phrase goes. Sorry, sue me. I don't, I don't do metaphors that well. Um, but nonetheless, I think this is, a good, this is a good chance for Green Bay to really prove to the league that they're a team that's for real. And I got to say, guys, for the first time in forever, I think in the first time in my entire life, mostly because I haven't paid – over the last couple of years is when I've really started paying close attention to football – I'm more excited to watch this Packers defense than I am the offense. And it's not that the offense is struggling. It's just fun to watch this defense because they're so good. Um, so I'm really excited for it. I know you guys are. I'm hoping that tomorrow night we'll be, we'll be talking about 4-0. So, uh, well, we are out of time, guys. So quickly, I want to wrap up here. Maggie, Jacob, people want to follow you. Maggie, if they, they want to follow your work, follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? Um, so the rule now is you can only follow me on Twitter if you're not going to harass me constantly. Um, but my Twitter handle is at Maggie J Loney, L-O-N-E-Y. And you can also find my writing for Cheesehead TV. And there is a comment section. So if you are into double harassment, you can find me there too. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't harass Maggie on Twitter or her or her workspace. Uh, Jacob, uh, people want to follow your work and, uh, and and follow you on Twitter. How can they do that? Yeah, you can check the workout. It's at Packer Report 66. I have the stock report. It happens every week and Friday. I do uh, keys to the game, which this week will have to be something different because if I do keys to the Eagles game on Friday when it's played on Thursday, that's not going to make a whole hell of a lot of sense. So check that out. But it's been a lot of fun. We've got a really good team. Ross Uglum, Andy Herman, Jake Morley, uh, Jake Ogden, Zach Jacobson, just to name some of your pack-a-day names that you might be familiar with. Adding a lot of stuff. They're actually currently doing a 30% off special for a VIP pass for a given year. So celebrate being 3-0 with a 30% off pass uh, for that. And then you can follow me personally for pretty much just baby pictures these days at Jacob Westendorf. And, yeah, I, if you're not into pictures of my baby, I apologize. But it's the only thing my camera seems to take pictures of these days. So I think it's the camera's fault, not mine. Well, and you know, Jacob, I would say I would encourage listeners, uh, depending on how you feel about me, Jacob is constantly mocking me on Twitter, and it's always a good laugh. So, um, and it doesn't help. I can't that, help it, dude. You and, set up. So well, many and it, you know, yourself. you know, Jacob, I, I got to say, it doesn't help that my wife really doesn't help. She's more on your side with mocking me than she is on my side. So. Um, you know, there's always his that. Wife it's has always never met me. That's a funny part too. Like it, we're it, from the same state. We've never met, but it, we've bonded over that. You know, and and you know the the funny thing is, Jacob is I don't take any of it personally. Usually, <laughs> I'm laughing at it. So, um, so there's some good humor there. So if you're not a big fan of me, just go follow Jacob so that you can watch him mock me on Twitter. So, and speaking of my Twitter, you can follow me at SportsMitty or not. You know. It uh, doesn't matter to me, but uh, I, as Jacob had pointed out earlier, my three tweets in the last six years combined, it's actually kind of gone up a little bit now that the season has started. There's been a few more than like three, maybe maybe like four or five, uh, but uh, you can follow me on Twitter at SportsMitty. And I, I, I'm going to keep saying this every week. I'm sorry if it's a dead horse that I'm beating here, but please, if you're on Twitter and you're not following Andy Herman, at least go follow him. Like, you don't have to follow the three of us, but like – Seriously, every week he's putting out great content. He's been so great to all of us here at Packaday Podcast. Uh, you know, go follow Andy. He is our founder, our godfather. He is so awesome. Make sure that if 
you're not following us, go follow him. Uh, and also, duh, also make sure you go follow the Packaday Podcast on Twitter at Packaday Podcast. And Jacob, you have one last thing you'd like yeah, to interject yeah. here? Yeah, if you're going to let me point out Andy and pimp out the Packer report one more time, I will. Andy's actually credentialed and in the locker room at the pressers, at the games, covering the games. So more opportunity to get a voice of somebody who's actually there in uh, in the pit with everybody. So there's one more reason to follow him. There you go. So make sure you're at least following him. Follow the podcast, like I said, at Packaday Podcast on Twitter. And make sure you're also liking and subscribing to the Packaday Podcast on your favorite podcasting platform. Make sure you find it wherever you listen to podcasts at Packaday Podcast. So thank you so much for listening, everyone. And as always, go Pack. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire.
No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.